0: Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston continues his three-part series on what motivates your child's behavior. Let's listen in.
1: Yeah, you know, every time I mention losses in a presentation, some parents always ask me the question. Well, what if I can't pinpoint my child's losses? You know, because we want to we want to say, hey, wait, wait. This is why my child's messed up. This is why my kid is doing the things they're doing because this happened in their life at a certain stage, and and ever since then, uh, they've just been a mess. I was meeting with a young lady uh, the other day, and and. Uh, and I came quickly to understand that, that somewhere along the line that she had had something happen to her in her life. And, and uh, she was a mess. And she shut down and she's shy and she strays away from people. And, and um, I was talking to her mother and I said, I, I get the idea that something happened in, in, you know, middle school or junior high or, you know, somewhere around that 14, 15 age, something happened. And she goes, It did. She was going to a Christian school, and a group of boys put together a list of the ugliest girls in the school, and she was number one on the list. And um, it was passed around. And even though the boys got in trouble and were suspended and, and disciplined, and yeah, this little girl's never gotten over it. And when somebody says, you know, well... I wish I can pinpoint it somewhere. Well, that's something you can put your finger on and say this is what has affected this this young lady. But sometimes you can't find those things. Sometimes it's not as easy as a death of a parent or death of a, of a friend or uh, some traumatic incident somewhere or some comments that's being made. And I usually ask parents, I go, hey, wait, wait let me ask you this. Did you have losses during, you know, your early years? And most of them say, well, yeah, I did. And I said, did your parents know about them? And most of the time they say, no, they didn't. And, um, and I said, could you perhaps not know everything that has happened to your child? There may be some things. You know, Jan's parents, my wife's parents, never knew of her sexual abuse, even though it happened for seven years by a grandfather. The losses may not appear to be significant or remarkable in one way, But remember when your child used to come to you and tell you, hey, Sally said I was stupid, and you countered it to reassure your child? No, you're not stupid. You probably said, don't listen to Sally. She doesn't know. Or you might have said, hey, sweetheart, that's not true. You're one of the smartest people I know. Now jump ahead a few years to junior high, middle school. Does a middle school child still tell you those comments from other kids? Probably not. And you know why? It's because kids begin to believe some of those comments, and they won't come to us, so we have to go to them. We must enter their world, ask what's going on in their lives, and uncover the hurt and the pain they're experiencing. Chances are your child has experienced something. Another situation where kids experience loss is divorce and remarriage, and I'm not. This isn't a condemnation or telling anybody they're wrong, or I, I'm not going into that. I just know that there's happenings in in a child's life that that causes pain, and so many step parents don't understand why they're not accepted by the new stepchildren. Often, I find it's because the step parent represents the loss in a child's life. A stepparent means the dream of parents getting back together is gone. It means the loss of bounding into the single parent's bedroom and plopping down on the bed. Um, Now there's a stranger there. Sometimes it means a child loses a house, a school, and friends if the stepfamily moves. Or the new stepmother gets frustrated as she tries as hard as she can to connect with the new kids. And she can't bridge the chasm between... Um, anything that reminds her stepkids of loss. So what's a parent and a stepparent to do? You deal with the loss. In fact, dealing with the loss is more important than trying to change the behavior. You know, focus on the cause rather than the symptoms. Uh, there's a guy named Dave D'Amico who wrote a book called The Faces of Rage. I, th- I think it was called The Many Faces of Rage. And he says this, he said, Often repressed or forgotten, childhood losses tend to reemerge at significant transition points of change in an adult's life. And this shows that unresolved loss is never uh, resolved merely through the passage of time. This is why you have people in their 40s still hanging on to things that were said to them when they were in the third and fourth grade. And my comment is don't, don't focus on the behavior, not a change of behavior. Focus on the loss, whether it's a loss of self-esteem from hurtful comments, the loss of traditional family, the loss of innocence taken, or any other kind of loss that comes into a child's life. This is much easier when losses are pretty visible, such as a death of a parent, the loss of a loved one, a breakup, a death of a friend. But it's a little harder when the loss is hidden under the surface. And whether a parent or not, if your child is acting out, you need to look hard for any loss that they're trying to deal with. You know, for many people, that loss can be an unmet expectation. They believe things should be different than they are. They think people don't understand them, listen to them, or pay attention to them. They think life should be fair and just, and, and they discover it's not. And when children feel this way, they try to eliminate the loss or cover it up. They develop a strong, healthy relationships uh, try to help them get through these times. But more often than not, the relationship should be with a parent or another adult, not just a peer.
0: Moms, dads, and grandparents are all part of a journey that will change the destiny of their families. And that journey can be changed for the better. Mark Gregston has written three books that will help encourage relationships strengthen marriages, and help all moms, dads, and grandparents out there stay focused on what truly matters. For moms, prayers for my teen, a book of prayers and devotionals to help them stay anchored. For fathers, a devotional for dads, a series of devotions to help them protect their marriage and encourage their children. And finally, Grandparenting Today's Teens is a resource for any grandparent who wants to connect to their teen grandchildren in a meaningful way moms dads and grandparents three books that can help change them all and change the course of their family's future you can order prayers for my teen a devotional for dads and grandparenting today's teens by visiting parentingteenresources.org
1: losses in kids lives may also come as a result of the actions of others When children experience this kind of loss, they pay the price for the foolish choices of somebody else. It includes car accidents, mistakes, situations where kids are victims of other people's bad judgments. I got a call last night that a girl that used to live with us is in critical care because she was in the car with somebody that was drunk and he had an accident and he died. And so she is paying the price of the foolishness of the person that that she was hanging out with. Loss can also come from abuse or neglect by parents or caregivers. You know, when parents don't provide what a child needs or when parents break the law and are caught, kids pay a price for the parent's selfish behavior. Loss may come from society and, and, and its prejudice, and, which has nothing to do with, with the children and, and, and more to do with the display of their shortcomings with damaging words and actions. And why is it important to know the various types of loss a child can experience? Because you need to identify it in the child's life. Each type of loss creates its own set of questions and issues. And and when kids are victims of other bad choices, they ask questions, not about other people or about themselves, but about life and, and really about God himself. They start asking questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? If there is such a loving God, then why did he allow this to happen? If life is good, then why do I feel so bad? Why do I feel like God doesn't like me? And then they may say, is this a part of God's will for my life? Why has God ignored me? And maybe they boil it down Is life just a crapshoot? You know, throughout my life, I've heard this phrase that says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? But what if you're a young person who says, no one is for me and God is against me? You know, kids need special help working through this kind of loss. They need spiritual discussions that can bring light into their darkness. And another type of loss that, that kids experience all the time is dashed hopes or unfulfilled dreams or postponed pursuits. You know, it's, a, it's the kind of loss that... Uh, that has more to do with not reaching a goal or taking advantage of an opportunity. It's not making the team, not getting on the cheerleading squad, not being good enough to qualify for something they desperately desired. This type of loss is focused inward and usually includes shame and guilt and emptiness. And when a young person believed in and hoped for something and then realizes it's not going to happen, reality is a, a bitter, bitter pill to swallow. When a child begins to realize how things really are, parents might see a shutdown or a sudden shift in their child's interest. If this happens with your child, you know, don't add to your child's burden and and discourage him or her with comments like, I told you so. Well, you should have listened. Um, Come alongside your child with statements like, I know this is hard. Don't make it any less than it feels for your child and help your child to not make any more than it really is also. You know, and finally, some losses result from a child's life that are just out of his own, you know, control, such as a cross-country move or a natural disaster. Avoid saying these things like, you know, that's just the way it is. Rather, I would encourage you to be sensitive to your child and work hard at listening and hearing your child's heart. And in these situations, your child will often feel like life is not fair and no one can do anything about it. This is the category of loss that maybe an adopted child might experience. The adoptee has no control over the loss at all of biological parents or the placement in an adoptive family. And by the way, a young person once told me this, that adoption is the only trauma where we're expected to be thankful. Debate that all you want, but this young person is expressing a loss. She was not discounting what she gained. She was just acknowledging her loss. And all of us would do well to recognize the difference between the two. Medical conditions, changes in personal appearance, and inherited afflictions can also create this kind of loss.
0: Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. Don't forget that next week, Mark Gregston will finish this three-part series on what motivates your child's behavior. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysteens.org and to learn more about Heartlight, visit HeartlightMinistries.org Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.